Well, this is it, ladies and gentlemen. DJ Woodcock back for one last spooky tale before we say goodbye to Halloween and another year of our Hallow's Eve tales. 61 and clear out there tonight. Perfect weather for all you little monsters. So get out there, raise some hell in search of your sugar rush. Make sure your candy is uh, checked thoroughly, though. Last year, I found an entire broadsword in my Snickers. Still, I'd rather swallow a sword than eat candy corn. So to all you states out there where that's your top-selling candy, choke and die. A big thank you to all of our listeners who have called in with your creepiest concoctions. I've been keeping the light on at night because of you creeps, and I could not be happier. We hope that you have also been enjoying our little stroll down memory lane with the classic tales from years past. You know, back when I joined KPDZ, they told me that those stories were so scary. Our former DJ Bad Kermit was driven mad and disappeared without warning before last Halloween and hasn't been seen since. Some say he met an unfortunate end at the hands of his last caller and his ghost still haunts this place to this day. I can't say I've seen this phantom of the station myself, but we do keep a light on in his old booth on Halloween night, you know, just in case we can help guide a spirit home. Ooh, that one actually gave me chills. You think you could do better? Let's find out. We've got a caller on the line with a spooky tale to tell, so let's not waste any more time. Looks like we've got... (laughs) Ah, is this a joke? Hey, Desmond, you listening in? Uh, yes, sir. I'm here. Ladies and gentlemen, say hello to my producer and longtime friend, Desmond, who I definitely feel is trying to get a rise out of me. This is a joke, right? This is no joke. He is actually on the line. You're sure it's really him and not someone trying to prank us? Uh, yeah, no. He he knew way too much about the station to be some random person calling in. If, it, if it's a prank, brother's done his homework. All right, well, we're going to get to the bottom of this. Listeners, speak of the devil and he shall appear on the line with us right now is none other than KPDZ's very own DJ Bad Kermit, or at least he says he is. Hello. So, you're the replacement. (laughs) No, I am the number one DJ in the area. KPDZ does not replace anyone. They upgrade, and you would know that. Am I led to believe that this is really our former DJ, the one who mysteriously disappeared a year ago? Of course it's me. Who who would pretend to be me? I'm the real me, and I don't even want to be me. Not after everything I've been through, not after what I've seen. Oh, and what exactly have you seen? Where the hell have you been? To be honest with you, man, we all just kind of assumed you got fed up with the industry and bailed. Bailed? On oh, the industry? Why would I do that? I was a star. I was the biggest star that that place had ever seen. And imagine my disgust to see my legacy tarnished with whatever it is you try to pass off as entertainment these days. Well, okay, you were the biggest star this place has ever seen. But if you're going to try and insult me, let's keep it honest. Your ratings were down, your show was on life support, and you weren't a star anymore. You were a ratings black hole, my friend. Maybe. But after eight years of doing the same shows with the same dead weight that they generously call a cast, what do you expect? Effort? For who? The 30 people who still listened? 
the ones that never left feedback or buy any of the merchandise. The same people who helped twist my passion project into a tomb. The very same people who praise an arrogant prick like you. They didn't even wait until my body turned cold to put you in my spot. My spot. Oh, sweet, sassy, mo lassie, you are a negative bastard. No wonder nobody cared when you finally left. Look, I was an intern when you were still the guy here, you know. I remember listening to you bitch and complain and threaten to quit every other week. When you finally did leave, we had an office party to celebrate, dude. But that begs the question, why return now? Why ever return somewhere no one wants you? Has last year just been some kind of elaborate PR stunt for attention? Attention? I don't want attention, you twit. You think I want any of this? No, I was happy where I was back when I thought I was unhappy, but you're right. I am a negative bastard. I absolutely despise myself, but not me, not not this me, the other me. All the other me's. I'm glad they're dead. <sighs> and we're all dead. What in the hell are you babbling about? I had everything I ever wanted in life, and I threw it all away. And it's my fault. I lost it all because I listened to myself when I should have ignored what I told me. I convinced myself to ruin everything because I was afraid of what would happen if I just lived. But now it's too late. There's no more happiness, no more love. Nothing to do but wait and die. Nothing I can do to stop what's coming. Okay, well, it was great catching up, but this show is supposed to be about scary stories, not pathetic self-reflection from a man who clearly needs to see a therapist. Oh, sir. Sir. This was my show for almost a decade. I know what it's for, and I have the scariest story of all to tell. Oh, and what's your story about, little boy? The end of the fucking world. It is it okay if I say the F word? Yeah, nobody really gives a shit anymore. The end of the fucking world. <laughs> All right, now we're getting somewhere. Tell us about the end of the world. Hey, and it better be entertaining. Oh, it is. It's a story worth dying for. <laughs> You are so bad at this. Oh, shut up. Look, it all started last year, the last phone call I ever took for KPDZ. I never could have imagined in a million years who would be on the other side of the line. Oh, who was it? Frankenstein? Frankenstein's monster? The Booger Man? Don't, don't do that. Don't treat me like I'm some kind of idiot. You know, I used to think the same thing about the freaks that would call in every Halloween. But you know what? You want to know a little secret before we, we do discuss the end? Most of those stories they told were true. And we made fun of them for it. I made fun of them for it because we were all just so close-minded. But now I know better. I've seen the truth. He showed me the truth. You remember the girl who killed the people at the camp? Well, every year after those murders, she returned to kill again. She became the boogeyman that Campfire Tales warned kids about. Or how about that entire town of robot replacements paid for by our government? Or maybe you recall the time an actual dog called into the show. Or my personal favorite, 
the psycho who tortured the guy she thought was a werewolf that slaughtered her family. You know, it turns out her would-be girlfriend managed to text her father where, where she was before she was bludgeoned to death. Police got called to the scene later because someone heard gunshots, and when they got there, you know what they found? The psycho's body with a bullet in her heart. And it turns out dear old dad discovered the scene, shot her dead, found what was left of his little girl's corpse, and then killed himself in grief. Now, they never found Justin, but they did find a shit ton of tools for torture. A broken seat and claw marks. You know, that same night, a giant dog attacked and killed dozens. It was the massacre in Mystic. But you probably never heard about that. You never heard about any of these things because the government sweeps it all under the rug every single time. And when someone does try to tell us what's happening, we ignore them. We call them crazy. We lock them up. And while we go about our unimportant little lives, they scheme, they shape the world. And we take whatever scraps life gives us but all that arrogance all that thinking that we're in control ha eventually it catches up to us okay i'm gonna need you to start making some sense they might not have mattered to you but they do to me what humanity no the ratings i can feel you murdering them who was on the other side of the line the night you disappeared oh it was me why do you think i kept saying all the things about me i wasn't I wasn't being deep i was being quite literal Oh, I can't wait to hear your explanation for that one. All right, try to keep up. It was from me a year in the future. Okay, of course. Yeah, the simplest explanation is usually the right one. Go on. He told me, well, I told me. I'm... Is it okay if I just refer to me as he so the audience isn't confused? Dude, if there is still an audience right now, I promise you they are already confused. Say whatever the hell you want. I'm just going to scroll through my phone. That's good. That's that's going to be important soon, actually. Anyway, he called me to tell me about the end of the world. Now, I didn't believe him, of course. He said that he knew I wouldn't and said that was the reason the world was doomed. I thought that was a little harsh. I mean, I'm not stupid. His story was insane. But he told me things. Things no one else could have possibly known about my life. He didn't want to tell me everything on air because he was worried about the government knowing that he knew. So he called me on a payphone. Those still exist, apparently. I didn't know that. And started telling me these outlandish things. I wanted to hang up, but I became fascinated the more he spoke. He told me about conspiracies, cover-ups, and basically everything you saw in the X-Files. Uh, even the Robert Patrick years? Look, it wasn't as good as the Duchovny era, but it was still good. Take this seriously. He said he knew I wouldn't believe him, so he gave me an address. It was a small town in Missouri where apparently the weirdest shit in the world happens on a regular basis. Like a hellmouth. Man, you are really obsessed with these pop culture references that no one listening is going to get. What was the name of the town? Perryville. Never heard of it. No one had. Ever. Anywhere. It was a tiny little shitburg of hicks with layered teeth. It was a nothing place for nobodies. Like, one country star came from there, but since no one likes country, no one ever spoke of it. That was the point. No one would ever go looking for a place like Perryville. But he said if I, if I went there and looked around, I would find the proof that he was telling the truth. Then we could stop the world from ending. He said he knew I had to see it for myself, and hours after we started this conversation, he hung up. I dwelled on it. I should have even entertained the idea, but I couldn't get it out of my head. There was something inside of me that just needed to know. I figured I'd head that way for a few days, find nothing, and 
Be back in plenty of time to start the Toys for Tanner program. You guys still do that? Uh, no, when you left, he killed himself. Jesus Christ! I mean, are you surprised? No. Anyway, I went to Perryville, and on the surface it seemed like any other jerk water town in Missouri. But the more I dug, the more I discovered. I mean, we're talking dirty, nasty stuff here. Mutant chickens, Nazis, ghosts, demons, werewolves, anything and everything you would find in some stupid podcast about supernatural lore was in this town. And how did you come to that conclusion? Well, it gets a little weird here, but... So there's this place there called Villainous Grounds. It's a like a coffee shop, but it also sells comics. That sounds like an amazing place. Oh, it is. Well worth the trip to Perryville alone. Great coffee, great people. It sounds good to me. Well, yeah, of course, but it also held a horrifying secret. And I put the clues together that my future self had given me and realized it was actually a cover for a top-secret government facility. Hard to believe, I know, but it's absolutely true. One night, I hid myself away in the DC comment section because I knew no one would look there, and after close, I, I broke into the back room. There was a secret elevator I took down deep into the earth, and I found myself in this, this kind of place that Fox Mulder could only dream of. Now, the things that I, I saw in this place would haunt me for the rest of my... what would turn out to be short life. Recovered UFOs, alien bodies, gateways being built to other worlds. It was overwhelming. And that last part's actually going to be important later, so make sure you put a pin in it. Now, I didn't get to stay too long, though. The government doesn't take kindly to you snooping around, so when the alarm started to go off, I managed to sneak my way back to the elevator and I made it back to the surface, but I was no longer safe. See, they knew that I knew. So I spent the next year on the run. That's why I disappeared. I managed to stay one step ahead of them because, you know, at its core, the United States government really sucks. And this this is where things are going to get a little melancholia on you. You know, for what future me told me, I knew exactly what was coming. He laid it all out for me the day he called me from a year in the future, but I didn't listen. I wasted a year running for my life, knowing that time was running out. You know, the window to stop the end of the world was a small one, and I realized I had wasted my opportunity to save everyone, so... I had to come up with a plan B. I broke back into that facility in Perryville because, again, the US government is just terrible at its job. It wasn't even that hard, like seriously, it's almost sad how easy it was to outmaneuver them. Now future me told me about a communication device that would let me dial through time, it was some alien device that they had taken from a crash back in 1941. I didn't know who else to warn, so I called myself. I couldn't remember my own cell phone number, so I called the station on October 20th, 2021, because I knew I, I would be on the air at that time. It was also a few days before the government project started that would lead to the end of the world. I spent hours telling past me about what was going to happen, but he didn't believe me. And I sent him on the same path I was sent on and hoped he would succeed where I failed. Afterwards, I spent the next week and a half, you know, eating pizza, watching movies, playing video games. You know, the kind of things that you do at the end of the world. And, well, that brings us to now. The end of the world? And the very same. Okay, I'm confused. I mean, alright, I'm obviously confused. How did you dial back through time? How were you able to pick a specific date and time? Who told the other version of you about the end of the world to set you on that path? I don't know. Do I look like Doc fucking Brown? I don't know how time travel works. I don't know how any of this shit works. 
Just the unlucky bastard tasked with stopping the end of the world, and... I failed. I didn't ask for any of this. I just wanted to be rich and happy and famous with a model wife. Maybe a better body. I didn't want to face the end of the world with a dad bod, but here we are. I mean, it's an interesting story, but you don't expect us to actually believe it, do you? <laughs> of course not. No, you wouldn't believe it. It's like I didn't believe it. Just like all the other versions of me didn't believe it. What do you th do you think this is the first time I've done this? Ha! No. We we finally started keeping count a few dozen me's ago. I think we're up to the 40 or 50th attempt. The same story every time. And call back to warn myself, but he never believes me. He has to find out for himself, and by then it's it's too late. So in desperation, he calls back to his past self and warns him, and we we do this dance over and over and over again. And it all ends on Halloween night, when the world is devoured and everyone dies. Now, I didn't call you to warn anyone, and we're past that now. The world's going to end in about an hour, near the stroke of midnight. And if you're listening to me, don't waste your final moments. Tell your friends that you love them. Tell your parents that you miss them. Hug the person you're with and don't let them go. Curl up in bed with them, and your pets too. Enjoy the last few moments of existence, and maybe, just maybe, next time I'll get it right. But I doubt it. I know me. And unfortunately, despite my best attempts, I'm not the hero type. Okay, but you never actually told us how the world ends. I mean, if we can't stop it, I'd at least like to know. Oh, right. Uh, you remember that gateway into other worlds that they were working on? Now, they succeed. In about an hour, they're going to summon a real big evil motherfucker. Like one of those old gods that H.P. Lovecraft used to write about. I think he comes out of the Pacific Ocean and, well, California gets wiped out first and pretty quickly. Weapons don't hurt it. The nukes didn't hurt it either. Although it certainly helped wipe out humanity faster. I don't know. The actual end is a little murky. Apparently the first version of me to try this called in a lot later than the others and saw way more than the ones that came after didn't seem to change anything ended up being just a more painful death I don't know I did my part <sighs> I'm actually in California now I'm sitting on a hill watching out over the Pacific Ocean having a few drinks with family before the big guy makes his entrance anyway that's all I'll check your phone in about uh, 50 minutes when the rumbling starts and enjoy the show and um Happy Halloween, everyone. I'm truly sorry. Better luck next time. Halloween Tales is a production of Podzilla 1985. Future Shock was created and written by Shannon Young and voiced by Hunter Hendricks, Tanner Calvert, and Shannon Young. Catch every episode of this seasonal series, as well as the full slate of Podzilla podcasts like PC85 Plays, After Dark, and more at Podzilla1985.com or on your favorite podcasting service. So, uh, that was weird. <laughs> yeah, what do you expect? Dude was a wreck. Total burnout. Yeah, hopefully it didn't tank the show. Nah, people love squalor. Mm-hmm.
Holy shit, dude. Uh, what the? F California just got hit with a massive earthquake. That's not an earthquake. <laughs> 